I'm Jennifer Torrance, and this is Talking Experiments from Borealis, a festival for experimental music. Today I'm speaking with a Norwegian artist and composer, Espen Somer Eide, who is calling from his home in Oslo. Espen's artistic practice involves time-based mediums with music and sound as central elements, as well as an experimental approach to instruments, archives, places, and languages. In addition to his focus on installations and performance, he has a long and storied career in experimental electronic music. On this episode, Espen goes in depth into the background for his new work, The Waves, which will premiere at Borealis 2022. He discusses how The Waves explores some of the key ideas returning again and again in his work. Language and music, building instruments, the form of the album, improvisation, collaboration, presence, and absence. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I do a lot of things, and it might be a bit uh, confusing, even to myself sometimes. Um, I would wish that I was this kind of one-track person that had a much easier. It would be more easier to explain to you what I do, at least. But uh, I guess um, it has to do with my my background. You know, always being um, interested in a lot of different. Uh, stuff. So, I mean, I I grew up in 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 Tromsø, but and then I studied philosophy. So that was like a, a completely different era. But then I got into electronic music, uh, which also uh, took uh, a lot of my time and energy for a, for a long time. Still do, and then uh, uh, finally uh, a lot of uh, more what is called visual arts, even though it's often sound based these days uh, with sound installations and things like that so yeah a lot of different uh, a lot of different things and you're also an instrument builder yeah I guess that's kind of uh, also been uh, a thread going through it all um, uh, building instruments uh, I mean it it grew out of the the music practice wanting to do something on stage uh, that were you know not only sitting behind the laptop screen but uh, trying to evolve some instruments mm. that was actually uh, what i was going to ask you and you already started to answer it is <laughs> are there some red threads or connecting tissue or whatever that run through all of this work and one of them is instrument building are there other aspects that connect all of these interests that you have well, to, to say a little bit more about the instrument building, it's not like building just musical instruments. It's more like uh, philosophical instruments in a way. I mean, it's like instruments that also have some concepts or some questions they ask or pose to uh, some subjects, you know, like... Um, so instruments can be a lot of things. It can be, you know, part scientific instruments and part musical instruments and... Uh, um, and you know, it's it, it's a little bit more rich than just being kind of something uh, you used to make sounds or make music. I'm really intrigued by the instrument that asks questions. Could you describe one <laughs> concrete instrument? 
Yeah, the instrument asks questions. Yeah, that sounds like a good instrument. I wish I could could build one uh, that asks some clear questions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, well, for instance, uh, I mean, to to take an example, uh, I built a lot of instruments concerning. Uh, language for a while so it was like uh, I was interested in a dying language you can say uh, of the Sami Sami languages of the north so this was called Skolt Sami it's this one language of many uh, of the Sami language group and uh, yeah so it was based on you know I built kind of an instrument it looks a little bit like an harmonica you can say you blow into these holes and um, outcomes, you know, pieces of the language are played back <laughs> uh, from an archive. And so it became this whole process where I uh, traveled around together with a linguist uh, group and recorded this language and then, uh, you know, made this big archive work of the language and then uh, in various ways sort of activated as music, if you can Mm. Or a song, or you know, like to to enhance the kind of musical qualities of the language, yeah. So things like that. So then I can improvise on this language <laughs> with the instrument. Uh, with the instrument well, that you've built. Yeah. yeah. So it's okay. not like it's asking questions, but <laughs> but of course, in a more uh, you know philosophical way it of course asked a lot of questions about what is an what is a language mm. uh, and uh, can a language be sort of detached from its meanings and become just music um, and uh, what is a dying language what does it mean you know to make an archive of a language is, is are you just killing the language even more <laughs> by making an archive of it you know like uh, putting it in a museum or in a in a box Mm. Uh, and can you make it alive again? You know, something that is already a dead language. Yeah, things like that. So th there are questions <laughs> being asked by the instrument in a way. Yeah. But you're starting to point to things that uh, seem to relate to your new projects or it's a reworking of a project that will happen at Borealis this year called The Waves. And yeah. you mentioned already your interest in language and local places. Tell us a little bit about this project. Yeah, it's uh, it, as I said before, since my projects usually go <laughs> over many years, this is one example of that, uh, that it started out in uh, maybe it was more like 2019 uh, or 18 um, with the idea of, uh, of uh, making a musical installation, like a musical, like an album um, for a building. And this was, uh, you know, co-commissioned by Borealis and a place called Mares in Maastricht. So I've already worked quite a lot in Maastricht with this project, The Waves, and had an exhibition there at, yeah, I guess, around Christmas 2019 and 20. So uh, just before the pandemic hit, <laughs> I guess you can say. And then the idea was to have a similar project at the Borealis just the following month. But of course... We all know that didn't happen, <laughs> so it was postponed until now. So, um, uh, but yeah, that was more like the practical sure, side of the it. The history, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But as you say, it's uh, it's a quite a quite quite a rich project that that has all of these elements that we are touching upon, like uh, language and music and uh, a building and 
album and <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, improvisation, collaboration, um, uh, and uh, I guess kind of an overarching thing is like presence and absence. You know what is what is live music and what is recorded music, and uh, the difference between them. So yeah, that's like the a lot of these subject matters that that um, I'm trying to investigate through a music album, so mm. to say. So again, it's like an, this time it's like a music album that asks a lot of questions. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to pull back just so I can make concrete. What is the situation? If you can describe the audience is walking into this villa in Bergen, what yeah. will they walk into? Yeah, uh, if I can describe it, it's... Um, the end result, the kind of uh, spatial album they will experience is kind of, it has different tracks, of course, but it's the tracks are in different rooms of the building. Um, and um, they are played back by these special speakers that use the architecture of the building to resonate and to reflect. So you have to move around a lot i would say like my <laughs> my hope is for the audience to to walk around the building a lot it's not, it's not like a stationary uh, sound work where you just sit down and and listen to it it's uh, it changes all the time depending on your position in the room or in the building and you will hear you know like you can hear still how they combine the different sounds from the different rooms so that's like the the basic <laughs> experience you will have <laughs> if you are yeah lucky enough to be in Bergen during the Borealis and can come to this mm. building. And mm. the sound that's coming out of the speakers, what is it like? What's it made of? Yeah, the sound uh, is uh, are made of um, a series of improvisations that I did together with a group of musicians um uh, in particular, uh, Marie Kvien Brunvall, that's you know famous for her voice work, uh, but also does some electronics, and then um, uh, Martin Tuxt that plays uh, this strange kind of tuba called a microtonal tuba, uh, and um, and myself, I play a lot of different instruments, both these that I built myself, and you know, so I, I brought in a lot of different instruments and some were built new for the project uh, and uh, and we sort of improvised uh, together and at a distance uh, to create these different um, how to say these different loops you can maybe say from that are used in the final exhibition so um, uh, so it's a lot of a lot of these kind of loops a lot of these repetitions and we kept returning. We we made uh, the, the recordings sort of at at night in when there were no people in the in the house. Now I'm talking about this house in Maastricht mainly. Uh, so we were sort of in between in this kind of in between zone, <laughs> and uh, and uh, we could you know, Marian and Martin they never met actually. So it's like we were. We were improvising, but a little bit over a year, you know, like you're keeping returning to certain yeah. rooms with then we can return there with a new person and we add some sounds to what we did last month. And, yeah, so it was this kind of part improvisation, part composition process. And how long did, that, did it all take? Uh, I, I would say like uh, around one year. Mm -hmm. 
and the idea was to play around, you know, with the with the idea of a recording that stretched a recording period that could stretch out for a, for a long time period. Often, often things are very rushed when you mm. when you sort of are going into the studio. You have this certain amount of time, and then, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I wanted to have a different approach <laughs> to to the recording process uh, this time. You also mention in the text about the work that it's really about that building, and you also talk about it with your the in your mother's town of Shitkines, that it's about these local places. What kind of history are you bringing in in terms of that building, both in the original form, but then also when you rework it to a new building in Bergen? Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, it's like. Uh, I don't want to sound like a, like I have some kind of mysterious experience <laughs> when I'm in a building, but I think everybody can relate that a building has a certain aura or a certain sort of feel to it. And uh, if you if you stay there long enough and it's very attentive to to the sounds and uh, and what you experience bodily in the building, then uh, and acoustically, of course. Uh, a building has a lot to give. Then you sort of tune into the building's own sort of pitches and rhythms and the daily life of a building or a place. So you need this kind of long time commitment to to catch all of this and catch the rhythm during the year and how it changes. Yeah, so all of this is kind of a, the core of the the experience that I'm trying to <laughs> to uh, approach here. Then you have the, of course, you have the history of the place, and I, I feel like this is like a difficult thing to explain. But I feel like this connection between the history of a place and the sound of a place, and um, where I want to make make this kind of portals <laughs> between the two areas, uh, like the the history and the sound. The sound is very present, of course, always something that you sort of experience in the now and the history, of course, in the past. But somehow sound has this ability to to breathe life into the history or to sort of combine with the history in interesting ways. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like a it's such a poetic, beautiful way of talking about it with this idea of the portal. I wonder if yeah, you have yeah. have an an example of a sound and an aspect of history that you you feel you managed to create this elusive threshold. Another tricky question. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I mean uh, it's um, mm, yeah, it was hard to 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 describe one sound <laughs> sort of very clearly. I mean, it's like uh, you're doing so great. <laughs> it's very clear. <laughs> It's always a danger when you when you talk about sound in connection with the place that you end up with this rather simplifying. This is the this is the sound of the building. Mm. <laughs> this is sort of the mark. This is the the symbol of the building or the the history or something like that. Mm. Uh, so, uh, so so you're trying to sort of show more about how everything is interconnected uh, and uh, to show all these connections between different layers of uh, of um, both history and sound and the building and 
mm-hmm. my thoughts, uh, my subjective thoughts or feelings and and other people's, uh, you know, experience and sort of try to bind it all together uh, with music uh, instead of just focusing on like like um, describing describing a building with sound. Mm. Mm. I can already on one very short frame of looking at history just the fact that you've been visiting a room for one year in different contexts it's already built into the album without looking at uh, 1890 (laughs) or whenever the building was built itself is that also how you're thinking about history sounds about right (laughs) (laughs) yeah you can do it but the i'm really very intrigued by the frame experimental spatial album You've mentioned it a few times. I start to understand, but can you say again <laughs> what you mean by this spatial album? Yeah, uh, it's um, <clears throat> it's of course it sounds a bit like a forced concept because why don't why don't I just call it uh, you know a sound installation and then be finished with it? <laughs> you know, like it's it's uh, uh, why bring in all these ideas of the album and uh, music? But uh, I feel music and uh, music has a special, you know, a special place uh, that is not sound art. <laughs> it's uh, it's connected to so much more. It's connected to uh, you know what we listen to when we grew up, and uh, connected to social gatherings, social meetings, and uh, you know it has all these other aspects that are not about the pure work of sound. Um, and uh, the album, for instance, has, uh, you know, was very important to me when I grew up in Tromsø. It was, uh, it was the way we we got a hold of, the, got the ability to listen to, to a lot of new music, new stuff like things we have never heard before, uh, which which interested me at the time, at least that you know, different alternative music. Uh, uh, that never came up there to play live. You know, it's, uh, we, we didn't have access to the music live. It only had access through recorded music, uh, which maybe if you live in a bigger city, you obviously will uh, be able to go to concerts and, you know, have this kind of underground uh, concert experience. Mm. Uh, but uh, for us, we had, you know, people were collecting albums, um and then we were like, you know, uh, copying tapes and uh, yeah, what people did at the time to to so it was this kind of network of of uh, album sharing before you got the MP3s and that kind of era. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, if you if you were lucky, you know, we had this kind of uh, radio station also, which was very important. Where we where I had my 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 program, we had this kind of evening. I had a program, and then you had. Um, Maybe you know Gerd Jensen, Biosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had one program, and then there was, uh, yeah, different of uh, these kind of Trump's uh, uh, music scene had their own radio shows playing, you know, whatever albums they had uh, gotten hold of recently. Um, and at the time, you couldn't really Google anything about the artists, so it you know, you, you just listen to the music, and you heard, uh, you know, you got the name, and 
there was some kind of strange noise music from New Zealand and it's like what why do people make something like this it sounds like nothing I ever heard before and uh, you know uh, who are these people that are making this music they, you know everything had this aura of mystery around it which mm-hmm. uh, you know um, somehow is connected to listening to the recording and 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 one interesting part is that you can repeat listen. You know, you, you, when you listen to it for the first time, you you don't really understand anything. But then you can just keep it on repeat, you know, in your CD player or whatever. And slowly it grows into something that you relate to, you understand. Which also is kind of a unique thing with, a, with the recording that you bring with you in, in comparison to a live concert where you have to get it immediately in this one take. Hmm. Yeah. I'll just keep talking about this, but it's like, a, you know, just by just like to give you a, some background on the album experience. Yeah, absolutely. It's so nice to hear <laughs> yeah. it. So is it, does it mean with the Spatial album that you encourage an audience member to come multiple times with this kind of repeat listening, maybe several days in a row? Yeah, well, that was like one idea, but it it become it quickly becomes a bit difficult to do it in practice. So to 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 be able to to emulate that part of the album experience is quite difficult. But the way I did it was like to have a lot of similar versions of songs, you know, slightly different going on in the different rooms of the house, so that the audience moving around the house will will get this kind of repetition experience just seeing the same uh, song or track from different angles Hmm. if if that makes sense so you sort of get ah this is a sort of now i see it from that so it's like this kind of like the song is floating in the in the in the building and you're just walking around it a little bit viewing Hmm. it from different angles uh, and slowly getting to know it uh, investigating it so it's this kind of uh, that was the idea. I hope I managed to do it, but <laughs> yeah, it's that was beautiful. like the basic idea. Yeah. I think it's such a beautiful idea and, and it brings me to my next question around the inspiration that you've gotten from Virginia Woolf. It's uh, in the title, The Waves, which is the title of one of her novels, The Waves, um, yeah. which is a similar experience, a similarly disorienting and enriching experience to see small situations from different angles. Can you talk a bit about yeah. this? It seems quite clear to me, but just what you <laughs> got from this the book, The Waves. Yeah, it's it began just by, I visited an exhibition on uh, the Bloomsbury group that Virginia Woolf was part of uh, in Sweden uh, while I was making this thing for Maastricht. So it was like a little bit of a coincidence and it's just resonated a lot, as you say, with with my subject matter. Um, so, I mean, basically just this idea of seeing uh, object from many different vantage points at the same time, it's, it's very much this kind of way that Virginia Woolf is writing, uh, you know, like the multiple voices, uh, uh, the kind of, you know, it's just not, not from one position of one subject. It's like from different subjects seeing and experiencing the same uh, moment in time and things like that and all these voices and all these times are mixed as we talked about and uh, also i find it very interesting that at her time it was this kind of i mean the the title the waves was probably 
referring to you know the advances in the electromagnetic wave theories at the time so it was this kind of big thing that you know scientists realized that uh, our world was full of waves <laughs> just wavelengths that we couldn't see or hear uh, so we this kind of feeling i think resonated very much with virginia wolf that you had this kind of that you were sort of walking through this world of waves waves were everywhere and it's kind of uh, almost occult feeling that uh, that you could sort of maybe there were some waves there that came from different eras and different times maybe if someone you know spoke uh, at one time maybe it could you know just keep reflecting that sound you know if you had a strong enough microphone and preamp maybe you could pick up what people said like 100 years ago it would still be reflecting in the atmosphere somehow <laughs> things wow. like that so, it's so beautiful uh, <laughs> yeah it's so interesting i feel like we could talk much longer <laughs> we should get a coffee one day i wish you all the luck for march um for your new rendition of the waves in bergen thanks so much yeah. for talking yeah thanks Artist and composer Espen Sommer Eide speaking from Oslo as he prepares for the Norwegian premiere of his work The Waves at Borealis, which will happen between the 16th and 20th of March at Kristinegård Hovedgård in Bergen, Norway. And you can find more details of all the Borealis 2022 projects at borealisfestival.no. Check out the other episodes of Talking Experiments to hear more about our 2022 festival and make sure to spread the word and give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Talking Experiments was presented by me, Jennifer Torrance, for Borealis.